saying show it's me a beautiful day. You have a, no, no, even dumb people say smart you things. You are I can't now. Can't I'm logical, non-religious answer. I'm a dissertation of chalk talk by devil's advocate. Welcome to the motherfucking devil's advocate podcast. Welcome. To the Devil's Advocate Podcast. You're so excited, dude. Well, I had to c- undercut your excitement because that was way too much excitement. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm, okay. just I'm just kidding. Welcome back. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. Yes! Fuck yeah! Okay. Fuck ISIS! Fuck turbans! Fuck everybody! Shout I out. hate all you motherfuckers! Shout out Joey Diaz. Uh, perfect. I guess we're going to recap the New York episode Yeah, like we planned. And that's perfect because that's the whole reason we went. What? Joey's a fucking yeah. badass comedian, dude. I know he is, man. I've been trying to tell you. I've been trying to put you on for a long time. I know, but it's like I said, I really feel as though his live show to me just feels different than what he does online. Like I could just sense his joy. Yeah. Like no, no comedian with like a live presence like that wants to be stuck behind a fucking camera trapped in a room. Like that was what COVID did. That yeah, COVID he, did it. he's the personality that commands the room. He does command a room. And when he's live, you can't command a room online. Literally You're just in a room by yourself. Like, he, Oh, he, well, okay. Sometimes, sometimes. But so, what I think is that, his personality live, you could just sense like his excitement and his joy. Like you could just, you can tell how passionate he is about it and how much he fucking loves doing it. And I love that shit. So here's my combatants to that. Why are you combating that? Cause I, I agree, but disagree. Cause I've listened to years worth of Joey Diaz. Yeah. I have watched almost every episode of his old podcast that had I think close to a thousand episodes, maybe it was 400 or something episodes, but a lot of episodes. And then I've w- watched almost every one of his nude podcasts. I've seen every Joe Rogan uh, appearance when he does a podcast alone. Sometimes yeah. it gets a little whatever, but I, I, what you saw on stage, I've seen in video because he's around his friends and he gets to do that too. And I've also seen a lot of his stand up like I, online. I mean, well. I'm, Stop fucking combating me. No. That's I what don't, this show is. No, it's Devil's not. Advocate. Eh, I don't really think we're playing Devil's Advocate there, though. Like, I'm not talking about his personality changing. I think I am a little more perceptive of performance and passion in performance because that's my job as an audio engineer is to be able to tell when someone's, like, really in the zone and, like, giving their best performance. And based... I haven't watched as much as you have. But based on everything that you have shown me, which was stuff that you considered like pinnacle stuff to show me. Cause you showed me the best things that you like about Joey. Cause you've been trying to convert me to a Joey follower, just like you. And none of those for me top the live show, even close fair. But his live show just say, fucking kills it. I will say on his last Joey joint, he said that he was very underwhelmed and not as happy as he would like to be with his last performance which is what we saw. Really? He, saw, he, saw, he said the entire residency, like he loved doing it, but it's not exactly what he wanted and he learned a lot from it and he's going to come back twice as fucking hard. So Hell he yeah. is coming back. He did say he's going to come back at some point Hell and yeah. do some more shows. But, and to be fair, the things I showed you, I was trying to get you to be a fan in, in minutes. Yeah. 
I became a fan in months, months of straight, just doing drugs and then listening to his voice and then walking around parks and being indoctrinated into his ideology along with Patrice O'Neill. So it, it, I mean, it's not like you've showed me like a few minutes worth of clips though. You've showed me like I probably a showed few you less minutes than an hour. worth of clips. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I've listened to probably over a full week. I've listened to I love Joey though. But I will say, seeing him live was fucking amazing. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not taking that away. It was amazing. He commanded the room, even in his silences. Like he would just, in between jokes, just kind of stay silent. Or he would do his like insane laugh. It, it was, it's this maniacal it's this crazy, just, <laughs> like I can't, no one can do it like him. It is but great. He does this maniacal laugh and the entire crowd just gets so like, Joey, 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 we love, like everyone blows up. Everyone gets loud. Everyone loves him. He talked to the audience a little bit. Some people shouted out. Mm -hmm. Someone, and he, not, he doesn't even fully hear it, but he goes full confidence in it. Like someone said, super bad which was his, one of his cats, because he was doing a bit about a cat. Someone yelled super bad, which is his old cat that has passed away. And he heard it wrong and he goes, no motherfucker, you're a savage. Yeah, like, I know, that was great. So there was that, but the confidence in it, like he just, he knew he was killing it. Everyone knew he was killing it. He gave, he was definitely the best comedian of the night. Um, yeah. There was Lee Syatt, um, forget the other guy's name, and then a lady. And they were okay. They weren't my favorites. I love Lee, Lee Sayad to death, but Joey Diaz, he fucking murdered it. And it was just so cool to see him. Like I've been, this moment has been building in me for so long, for years, like four years, but still four acid years, which is like longer than dog years. <laughs> acid years are like a hundred years a year. So I've been waiting for 400 years to go see Joey Diaz and I yeah. got to see him. And the food, the drink there was great. I, was the food good? Yeah, very good. The food was good. Uh, it was a little cramped, which yeah. I wasn't super happy about. And I wish we would have been facing him because I, I think I noticed it in YouTube, but my neck started getting a kink from looking yeah. over. But And the guys we were sitting with were kind of snobby. Yeah. Or they were just weird or something. like Very quiet, very whispery. And then... I don't know, these real punchable faces. Just yeah. like you just wanted to hurt them. I know. And I'm not an angry person, but just looking at them, I was like, ah. But New York taught me that some of the shit that you get angry about is, is stupid. So fucking stupid. I saw you get angrier in New York than I've ever seen you get angry. When was that? O over like just nothing. What was it? Like you just be like, fuck that thing. Like that person, that thing. You just be like, viciously like I want to murder this person and I'm, I'm like dude you are the one that's always like why are you so angry and, and you just sometimes you just say some shit that's like what the fuck yeah, kind of psychopathic not, shit did you just say like it's not a full anger thought I know I know okay it's not even the anger it's just the pure psychopathy of the yeah. shit you say it's like what the fuck and you dare to be like What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, well, yeah, dude. Because you're actually mm. angry. Mine are just like brutal thoughts that just like, they just come about. Like, I don't even think of them. They <laughs> they think of me. My thoughts think into so me. you're controlled by your thoughts. Of course. I think everyone's controlled by thoughts. I think that's stupid. No, I definitely think it is. I don't think so. Have you ever, like, have you ever sat down and you're like, I'm going to study or I'm going to do this thing. 
but you can't do it. Like you keep getting distracted. You keep getting off track. Sometimes. Yeah. Your thoughts are controlling you, man. You're not controlling those thoughts. You never control. Those so what about thoughts. the devil's advocate to that? When you sit down and you want to study and you actually fucking do, then it looks oh. like you controlled your thoughts. So that's shut the never, fuck up. That's never happened to me. Yeah. Cause you're an alky. Not cause I'm an alky. You're just drunk every day. Probably because I have a learning disability, but I'm not going to blame it on that. I don't sure. believe in them. Excuses. God made everyone perfect, dude. He did. I am perfectly insane. Even that, hi, my lovelies, oh, person. They're perfect. She is perfect. You know what? I wish Made I, in God's I, image. I wish I could have her outlook on I bet life. she's the closest thing to God we've ever seen. She seems very happy. Yeah. A little too fucking happy. You know a little too happy. Uh, but we're not going to hate on her. You know what? Her, she should oh, go live you're her right. life. We already hated on her. Boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not going to do her life. She, is, fucking, she could live her life. Uh, that blind that, fuck. That, uh, that fucking crazy, man. I just can't imagine being that enthusiastic. It's got to be fake, right? It sounded really natural, though. It, I don't think it was fake. I think it was just, that's her. Man. It was kind of scary. Oh, yeah. It was fucking weird, dude. But, uh. But yeah, so we saw Joey Diaz. What else? I th that was kind of about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, th the only reason we're really touching on it here is just because the actual episode that we recorded there is going to be on Patreon. Yeah, so and you should check it out. Yeah, check that out on Patreon. Go subscribe to that. Uh, we really go in depth on what we did in New York. Yeah, other three than, bucks. Other than the Joey experience because we didn't, we hadn't been to the Joey experience when we recorded that episode yet. And so we go over a lot of things. It was my first time in New York. You get to see me experience life. And what I do want to talk about real quick is the culture shock coming back. Yes. Yeah. I know we were going to mention that. So I thought the culture shock of going to New York was going to be a lot more. I thought I was going to be like, whoa, blown away. Like not able to function. Like there's so much going on. It was fine. Like I went there and it was just like, okay, I'm, there's people I'm walking around. Yeah. I want to go here. I walked here. I thought it was going to be a big culture shock, but it wasn't. I adjusted immediately to New York and I was like, this is dope. I loved it, but very quick transition. But coming back, coming back mm -hmm. has never solidified the idea in my mind that where we live is not a place to live. Where we live is a place to die. It is a place you should not live. It is a place that life dies in. Now, it's a great place to die. It's beautiful. The woods, there's, you know, small communities. People in small communities help each other out. There's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful area. There's cool animals. There's woods. There's nature. There's small hikes. There's birds. There's blue jays. There's whatever the fuck you want. But it's a horrible place to go live because there's nothing to do. No one can talk about anything. You know when you're in, in when 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 we went to New York, Jesus, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. I don't know when we went to New York. This is the first time I've talked today. Legitimately, I haven't talked at all today, except for like ten minutes with my parents. When we went to New York, when you talked to someone, first off, everyone on the street ignored you, which is different than here because I feel like people on the street maybe try to interact or they look at you. Yeah, People, for some reason here, they try to interact way too fucking much and I fucking despise that. Yeah, in public, in random places yeah. when you're going somewhere. It's like, it's like I don't need to look and nod at every single fucking person yeah. that's I walk by. Like, dude, just do your own fucking thing. But when we were in New York, everyone ignored you, which was yep. great, until you went somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you went somewhere and you engaged with someone, it really felt like 
instead of small talk, dumb conversation, they were giving you something value. They were giving you time. They were giving you their valuable time that they took valuable and they were giving it to you. And they were like, let's have a conversation mm -hmm. and not just it's cold today, man. And, and despite, and it's like, and even with the fact that they still, you know, it did feel like they were putting the time in to like actually have a real conversation about something, whatever it may have been. There was also that sense of urgency too, which yeah. I like because people around here have no sense of urgency, like at all. Life is, they don't even, most people in this area, I don't even think, feel like this life really matters because they're really just striving for the next one. And so in cities, that's much less common. And then on top of it, there's just a sense of a hurried pace yeah, about everything. Much more of a hurried pace, which makes it more valuable when someone talks to you. Exactly. Because it's like, oh, they're stopping their urgency or at least minimizing their mm -hmm. urgency to have a conversation about whatever. And because they're doing that and because I'm doing that, we're going to have an actual conversation and not random, dumb, small talk yep. because we're, we're giving each other something. It was, it was nice. But yeah, coming back, it was a culture shock. It was very weird. It was... It, it just feels lacking here. It feels dead. Yeah, normally my culture shock, even coming back from Charlotte, is pretty bad to hear just because the quality of the people is such a drastic difference. But this one was infinitely worse. Yeah, you told me it, was, it hit you pretty bad. Yeah, this past week has been fucking horrible. Yeah. Fucking terrible. I mean, I've adjusted back. Because my eyes just were opened day. to what I actually need. But at the same time, like it's like it's been a good week for self reflection. I stopped smoking. Yeah, can, how, today, yesterday, three days ago, three days ago, nice. mm -hmm. and I feel great. It's literally the best I've felt in a long time. I feel sharp as a fucking tack. Like this is the most on point, driven, and energized and dedicated, despite my extreme irritation and exhaustion that I have felt in a very long time. That's awesome. It's almost. It would have been useful if someone, if you had like a drug episode with someone where they talk about the negatives of weed and the positives coming off weed or whatever. I know, but, right? Know, it's crazy that that never happened. Well, no, here's the thing, because I'll play devil's advocate to my sentence as well. I still think I'm more creative when I smoke. Fair. I still think I am much less irritated when I smoke. And but there's that, a time and, and those place. are the primary reasons I smoke. And But yes, I agree. There is a time and a place to do it. And... That time Sometimes, and place isn't 24-7? No, the time and place is not 24-7, as it has been for an uncountably long time. Yeah. I, hey, I even tried to not smoke in New York, man. But you were like, no, I'm going to buy you weed. And yep. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't mind it at all there. I yep. felt great in New York the entire time. You know what Joey Diaz said about New York weed? What? He said it's fucking trash. I'm sure. He said he got some and he he was like, it, sm it smelled good at first, but I left it in the fucking fridge. And after three days, it started growing its own shit and it all smelled like dirt. <laughs> That's what he said about it. Because apparently some someone said that uh, the New York weed was better than his weed, which is laughing gas, nice. which I think is the number one weed in LA. Yeah. Like it's a top tier weed. It's so good that he said on his podcast... The next time he does like a different run of weed, mm -hmm. anything over 36% is going to be called autism because that's what it gives you. <laughs> <sighs> mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have tried his. Yeah. Have you ever seen the packaging? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It looks so amazing. It does. The weed itself looks amazing. 
Maybe one day. Maybe like when you cut down a lot on smoking, but you use it for creativity. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'll just sneak it in. And then okay. you'll like wake up and look on your counter and it'll just be like a little pack. And you'll be like, <laughs> I know this weed. And then you will die. Can but I just say how glad life. I am that we didn't go to LA? <laughs> Why? What's up in LA? I mean, I heard it's a shithole now, okay, I but mean, I still want to visit. I mean, yeah. But New York is, you know what I do want to talk about? The difference in crackheads between here. Oh yeah, how they York. provide value in New York, but well, here they just buy lottery tickets. I want to classify them in two different ways. Okay. First of all, we don't have crackheads. We have meth heads. That's what Virginia is. Virginia is the, like a capital of meth. Yeah. We have meth heads. New York has crackheads. Yeah. Now, very similar. You know, but both have pill heads. <laughs> yeah, but we it's invented like a the pill diagram. Head. We invented the pill. Speaking head. of, check out Dope Sick. It's about the oxy problem and how it specifically targeted this geographic region. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, learn about continue. our hometowns. Yeah. Um, but the crackheads down there, there's a lot of similarities. High energy, talk, yeah. talking nonsense, yeah. stealing shit, <laughs> yeah. scaring random people. Yeah. A lot of similarities. However, going out in public without your shirt and screaming the piece. Yeah. Yep. However, the crackheads there provide, they provide entertainment, they provide dancing, they provide entertainment, free entertainment at all hours. And sometimes it's great. Yeah. I think the guys we saw when we first went there, the Michael Jackson rendition, I think they might have been on crack. They probably were. How else did that guy have held his wind flag pole thing for that long? Yeah. Like. You don't get that. You you can't even get that from steroids. You get that from cocaine. (laughs) From cut, disturbed, fentanyl-infused cocaine. (laughs) The fentanyl cuts out the pain of the flag stand, and the cocaine gives you the energy to keep going. Yeah. You know, they sell animals. Yeah. <laughs> that guy that pissed me off in, know, in the fucking did. subway that piece of shit old man that was throwing these animals around by their necks yeah he was like I saw him pick up a rabbit and a cat by like their spine like crushing their bodies and they're like I just watched them like like their whole bodies like stiffened and mm-hmm. I was like that's horrible but like, they knew if they got out of line he'd throw them in the subway you know yeah. like he just would have murdered them yeah so Maybe they don't always provide good things, but they always provide. And that's an important <laughs> distinction because the ones here don't provide. Yeah, have you ever seen any type of show that was worth watching here that was like constructed by a crackhead that wasn't just something that they accidentally did because they were on like crack? No, I've only heard in like a half-assed comedy show from a crackhead. And that's because <laughs> someone I used to be close with, their parental figure was a crackhead. And they always told me about like stealing as a crackhead <laughs> while in my house. And I was like, great. Wow. Yeah. They'd be like, I got a toolbox today. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I'm going to use that toolbox to get me some catalytic converters later tonight. Did you hear about the people around here that got arrested for stealing heat pumps? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's dedication. Imagine stealing a, not one heat pump, but like, a string heat of pumps. heat pumps. Heat pumps are humongous. Yeah, they are. And also, I think, possibly really hard to sell. <laughs> I'm not sure how easy it is to sell a heat, a disconnected heat pump. It's like pump that guy in Rona trying party. to fucking sell you a car battery at one in the morning in the Papa John's parking lot or whatever now, the fuck you know that what? was. He, he did give me some value. He did give me value. He was offering a really good price 
<laughs> for a car battery. <laughs> this is the cheapest uh, car. I've paid for many car batteries. I've I've had to. Like yeah. my old car had to get one. I've had to get like three car batteries. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of car batteries for the amount of time I've been driving. But I had to get three car batteries for one of my cars. Exactly. I think I've had two for this car and then like two for the last one or one for the last one. A ridiculous amount. But what? They're like 150, 200 bucks usually, something yeah. like that. He offered me 25 bucks. <laughs> that is a absurdly good deal. Now, where did it Whether come? it worked or not. Uh, Whether it worked is a question. The amount of miles put on it is another question. Where he got it from is another question. However, it all comes back to the line of that it was a good deal. Like, even taking the chance <laughs> that it didn't work. Yeah. That's a pretty good price for a car battery. Now, <laughs> I don't know if it would have fit my car, but it would have been yeah. a pretty good deal for a car battery. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the crackheads down there, they provide value. The crackheads here, or sorry, meth heads here, they provide no value except for thievery. Yeah. A terrible form. There's no artwork. They make their own art. They make their own necklaces. They love Crayola, but they're mm. not selling their Crayola. They're not going on the streets hustling their pictures like you see every six feet there. By the yeah. way, great images. I saw so many fantastic artists, crackheads, but fantastic artists out on the street. And of course they were good. They were drawing all day, every day for the last six years, all wide awake on meth or sorry, on crack, probably with some like psychopathy, delusional schizophrenia. So yeah. they were like sketching dark figures in the alleys and <laughs> the shadow people. And, you know, you get like a portrait of yourself and there's someone standing behind you. But they were so good at drawing it. So you just like, you just ignore it. Yeah, you just, you know, you're like, oh, that was probably my friend who I didn't bring with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I mean, you probably know. You're like, oh yeah, no, they were seeing people. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They made a great picture of you and the demon behind you. So, congrats. Yeah. Congrats to them. Agreed. <laughs> I do miss New York, though. We have to go back at some point. Yeah, I'm going back in August. I already pretty much have dates set, so... I might be. just depends on a multitude of things. But... Coming back here. Yep. So, yeah, with that said, check out our New York episode on Patreon. Yep. Three Maybe bucks. In March or something. Yeah, three bucks. It's nothing. It's a great episode. Yeah, and we have yeah. other fantastic bits on there and soon to come exclusive merch mm -hmm. if you get a high enough tier. And you get merch either way if you subscribe to the Patreon after three consecutive payments. So yeah. it's a mug right now. It's a mug right now. Yeah, we'll rotate it, but the exclusive shit's what you really want. Yeah. We have a design that's going to roll out mm -hmm. based on you're like me now. And it is. May I say mighty fine? You're it might be rolled like out by this. me now. You're like me now. You're like me. You're like me. You're like... I, I, I yeah, still... It really might be rolled out by the time they hear this. I vividly remember you saying that for like four minutes straight, and I almost went insane. You're like me now. You just kept doing you're it. You're like yep. me now. You're like me now. You said, you're like me now. You said you're like me now, just like DJ Funny Bone says DJ Funny Bone. I'm DJ, DJ Funny Bone. I'm D. I'm D. I have I'm, them all as I'm, sound bites. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm DJ Funny Bone. I have them all as sound bites now. Oh, so you should once we get our roadcaster. Oh yeah, we can fucking. I'm DJ. I, I'm, I'm DJ Funny. I'm Funny D. I'm DJ Funny Bone. And today, y'all aren't ready for this. Go check out DJ Funny Bone on Instagram and just, just scroll. Just see how many videos there are. Just keep going through them. 
Shout outs to him though. He's got a large yeah, following. I mean, dedication. Dedication. You know, he's more only dedica- posted five thousand videos in the last three months. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's pretty impressive. He's had more dedication towards his DJ Funny Bone than I've had dedication towards anything ever in my entire life. That's pretty sad. He has a lot of dedication. That takes a lot. He's doing, I think, last we checked, at least three a day. Yeah. It's a lot of content. It is. It is quite a lot of content. I think we technically make more, but we do it all at once. Yeah. I don't think he's I think he kind of does it like throughout the day. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, man. Really hard to say. Cause I don't you know what? He does what he does. Cause he is DJ Funny Bone. Uh. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you enjoying this podcast? We fucking know you are. I'm sure they could enjoy it even more, though. All right, you negative asshole. I'm sure our lovely audience could enjoy it more by checking out our Patreon page. Ah, yes. Well, look at you solving problems. We've got multiple tiers to choose from, so there's not really any financial pressure. Thank you for that. And uh, whether it be early (laughs) access to episodes, bonus content, exclusive Patreon-only merch, or just listening to Ben and I ramble about the different types of orifices in the human body, our Patreon has a large variety of special content for very special people. Plenty of rambling. And don't forget, you rambling asshole, that that's far from all we're offering. We are creating video and audio comedy bits for TikTok and everything. Fuck TikTok. Fuck TikTok. Giving access to behind-the-scenes content and occasionally bringing on the coolest fucking guests ever. Amongst many other things. To check all of this out, go to patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. Again, that is patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. And maybe, Ben, if you weren't such a disgusting pothead, you would have remembered to say that not only do we have Patreon exclusive merch, but we also sell a shit ton of merch to our general audience on our website. Yeah, no, maybe I should have remembered that because that is the best way that you can support us aside from subscribing to our Patreon. But you can check all of that out on our website, which is www.therealdevilsadvocatepodcast.com and find us on any of our social media platforms or streaming platforms with the tag The Real Devil's Advocate Podcast. And again, that is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.thereal.devil. S-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Jesus. Autism. So should we jump into our main topic for the day? Yes, we definitely should. And yeah, so I have no segue into this. I kind of have a segue. I got nothing. Talking about New York. Jumping over to their close, dirty relative, New Jersey. Did you know New Jersey has a law? that you cannot wear a bulletproof vest whilst committing crimes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So if you commit a crime, you better be looking at your attire. Because if you're wearing a bulletproof vest, you are. You're you're done. You're out of line. You're done. That's another charge. The way they stack up charges is kind of insane. You know what I mean? In general? Yeah. In general. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll have a gun, and it'll be like, Possession of firearm, possession of firearm with bullets around, possession of firearm with bullets in, possession of firearm with five or more bullets in, possession of firearm with a mm-hmm. stock, person like, and they just like one thing, like you could just have a gun, but it's like 18 different charges because they all, and it's not one charge. Like it's, it's, they're all different charges. Yeah. But if you happen to have a gun, 
all of those charges all to go together. It's not like you really did 17 different things. You just happened to have a gun that was within like three feet of a bullet. And because it was within <laughs> three feet of a bullet and the bullet had gunpowder in it, because of course the bullet had gunpowder in it and the bullet was made from Winchester. Like they just keep just fucking adding shit on forever. <laughs> That's just one of the many things wrong with our penile system. But what is really wrong with our penile system is a lot of the stupid rules. Our what? Our penile system. Isn't penile that, system? Is that not what it's called? What the fuck are you talking about? Penile? It's like penises or something. Oh, yeah, I'm right. What's it called? The penal, legal system? The penal system. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the penal system. Man. Keep that in there, bro. Oh, I'm gonna, dude. The penal system. All you think about is dicks. <laughs> it's the penal system. I did one different syllable, and I'm gay. I mean, hey, man. Definitions matter. By the way, Real quick, can we just touch on the gay comedian we saw? I have nothing wrong with gay people, but just like straight people, when that's your only person, when you only have one personality trait and every joke is based off that one personality trait, it makes me upset. Yeah. Because the first four jokes are funny, but by the 98 and a half joke, I'm done with it. I'm fucking done. I hate people that only talk about sex. I mean, yeah. Male or female, straight yeah. or gay. And he just kept... Just cocks in his mouth, cocks in his ass, foreskin in his mouth, foreskin on his hand, dick cheese every like. I, know, I get it. You like dicks. You non-stop. get it. It and it's thirty and, minutes, and like, it, it would and going. it would absolutely. You're right. Be just as annoying because I'm pretty much asexual. So I mean, hearing anything about sex is just like okay, like you know, once or twice, cool, whatever. But it's like for like forty five minutes sitting there having to listen to someone make jokes about sex, whether it's fucking straight or gay sex. I'm just like, eh, yeah. I'm not interested in this. And also, I don't view either one as a legitimate personality trait. Like it's not yeah. like I mean, it's a personality trait, but it's not your personality. Like that's just absurd, in my opinion. There should be more to you than what you. I agree. Where you put your dick in or I what agree. you put in your pussy. Yeah, I totally, <sighs> totally agree. And I think that that's like, you know, it's just that toxic, woke, leftist culture that tries to fucking like spread this shit in there and they don't actually care. Like they're just doing it like propaganda. Yeah. The real way to do it is like what The Last of Us just did with that. Yes, I episode. wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Oh, the last, last of us episode, which by the way, I think I heard was not in the game. No, dude, I the difference between what happened in the game was polar opposite. In the game, Frank dies before you ever even meet him. And the only thing that you, doesn't give any backstory on Bill. And the only thing that happens is, so Frank gets bitten, he gets infected and he hangs himself. Oh. And he leaves a note for Bill that says something like, basically, okay, here, let me, let me read it. I'll, I'll find it for you. <laughs> So this is the note that Frank leaves for Bill in the game after okay. he hangs himself. Well, Bill, I doubt you'd ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know that I hated your guts. I grew tired of this shitty town and your set-in-your-ways attitude. I wanted more from life and this, than this, and you could never get that. And that stupid battery you kept moaning about, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Good luck. Wow. Frank. That's different. It's a pretty drastically were they, different. Were they a gay uh, couple in the game? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, they got that. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Like, well, I heard. I like the, what they did with the show way better. I heard from my friend, Nathan, who hopefully we'll have on at some point. Mm -hmm. I heard from him 
because he listens to the podcast because they have their own podcast. The Last of Us? Yeah. Where it's the people that wrote the show. And I think maybe the game developers, but they talk about the show. Hmm. And they said that they were making, there was less room for action because they're making a show. So it doesn't always have to be action. So they basically said, well, why not make some people cry too? I, I agree. It's a great character development choice. It provided backstory on characters that had no backstory in the game. And most importantly, you know, since we're talking about gay rights here, I think it normalizes gay people in a better and more realistic way than like trying to shove propaganda down people's throats. Yeah. Cause it's, because you, you like being gay was not their personality. They exemplify what normal people are who possess personality traits. They were just yeah. normal people and being gay is just an aspect of their personality. But like it was like any love story component. Yes, it was a perfectly told love story that exemplified a bond between two individuals and did it with perfect execution. Like it was it, fucking perfect. That 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 show, that episode, episode 3 the last of us was so good. I forgot I was watching a show. Yeah. I thought I was watching a movie about a couple that were isolated. Like I just I in my head it was like Every once in a while, I was brought back when they killed something or whatever and infected. Yeah. But like, when it's, it starts out, they meet. I think he's going to kill him. Yeah. They end up kissing. Mind blown. And you like, still thought it was a ploy. I still thought it was a ploy. I still thought he was waiting to kill him because like he has this nice house. Everything is destroyed. Why wouldn't you kill him? You know, he has like food available. He's saying he's going to kick you out. Whatever. They get to the bed. They have sex. Whoa. This is real. And then it goes four years later. And you're like, what? Like, you're, know, the, you're like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And then they're in an argument. By the way, bringing real relationship things, it's not all happy. It's not this weird. It's not this it's, like fake paradise. Yeah. That like they're humans just have arguments. They're humans just have confrontations. Yeah. And they're just normal people who have the same type of experiences. And I think that also might have been a nod to the game you know, the tension and the conflict that they must have had between them. Yeah. And I think that that was sort of tying in like those realistic elements. That makes well. a lot of sense because like you said, apparently in the game, they had a lot of hostility. Yeah. And I, the cool thing is they had this argument. It wasn't even about like crazy stuff. It's not that the world's infected, that everything's going to shit. It was like about paint. Like, I know. It was just it was like such this, a like, normal argument. Like he wanted to fix up the stores because he's like, dude, we live here. Like I want this place to not be a fucking shithole. Yeah. That, oh, that totally was exactly... A reference to the game then, because that was literally why Frank killed himself. Remember, like I just read there, yeah. he was like, oh, this shitty town, I grew tired of this shitty town, I wanted more than life from this. And that's exactly, maybe that's one of the reasons why, because Bill was like, oh, you can't fucking make things prettier, it doesn't matter anymore, we're never gonna have friends again. Yeah. And, but, but yeah, they have this amazing character development mm -hmm. and they fall in love. And, and, and that's what I also think why it was better to showcase examples of like real, or, or I mean, it's a show, but like, people that feel like real people. Yeah, and, you relate to them. Yeah, it's like, not this weird because character. Not, because not every single gay guy in the entire world is like a like pretty boy who has slick backed hair and talks Wearing about cocks top. all the time. Like, yeah. sometimes they are truckers and they wear flannels and they have giant beards yeah. and they don't look anything like what you would expect them to look like. But that's reality. Because yeah. it's a guy. It's not a yeah. gay guy. It's a guy. It's just a guy. Like, if you want to change people's minds, you'd introduce them to normal people who happen to be gay. And then you, you humanize people. 
you see them as humans and you realize that their actions are human actions, that they are the same as you and that that little difference does not mean anything in the grand scheme of who you are as people. Like, exactly. And I would go that, as, and that's how you normalize it is by doing things like this. I would go as far as saying it is the best portrayal. Like we're talking about when I was watching it, I was like, there was no thought, like maybe besides the first two minutes, like I was just watching a couple unfold. Mm -hmm. I was watching the arguments of a couple. I was watching the life of a couple grow and get distorted and bad things happen and they're there for each other. And then mm -hmm. the end comes and you know, the guy gets himself in the wheelchair. Spoiler alert, by the way. And the guy gets in the wheelchair and it's like, or but before that, the, they plant food. They plant the, the strawberries. strawberries. That's this the is your scene favorite I was going to touch about. Yeah. Touch on it because you, you explain it beautifully. Yeah. Th there's this scene in the third episode. Uh, a new one actually comes out in like two hours. Yep. And th there is a scene where Bill and Frank have, you know, obviously several months before have planted some strawberries. And they were seeds that Joel got them from well, trading. It was just Frank, wasn't it? Yes, Frank had planted the strawberries in secret so yeah. that he could surprise Bill. And, Which, like, such a sweet thing. Oh, so sweet. Oh, I know. Literally. And when they each pick that strawberry, and they, like, take that first bite out of it, and they literally start crying and yeah. laughing, that hit me hard because it's like people don't... Like, when you put yourself in that position and you imagine how everything has been taken away. These simple things like fruit become a fucking delicacy that is more valuable than gold or anything you could have. Like that experience for them was probably one of the most incredible moments they had had in years. Yeah. And uh, harping on the fact you said it's more valuable than gold in the beginning of the show, they were talking about a piano. He said, these things are really expensive and or Frank said it's really expensive. And then Bill was like, nothing's expensive anymore, which like hints at nothing's valuable. You're in this dystopian world. Everything's destroyed. There is nothing valuable anymore. Yeah. But then you come to this scene and you like, you're seeing the value just being input. Like the value is not money. The value is not materialistic things. The value is like an experience, this thing that you thought you'd never have again, this sweet, this amazing food. And it's not like they haven't had great food because Bill was a cook. Bill was like a chef. And he that's made like, and amazing that's the, food. And that's the first scene that you really get that introduction to is after Bill decides to save Frank, he brings him inside and he cooks him a Beautiful fantastic meal. dinner and he opens this vintage bottle of wine and he just treats Frank like a king right there. Yeah. And Frank is obviously extremely appreciative of it. Like he just loves it. Like he's like, oh my God. He's like, you do not seem like the type of man. And that's a good point again. Frank even looks at Bill and says, you don't seem like the type of man who would, you know, know to pair rabbit, seared rabbit, and this other meal with this specific type of wine. Yeah. And he's like, I know I don't seem like that type, but I am basically. And it's like, that's normal people. You can't exactly. just fucking look at someone and know everything about them. I mean, sometimes you can, and those are the type of people I don't want to fucking associate with. <laughs> like, if you're that predictable and fucking basic, I don't want to be around you. Like, surprise me. Be unpredictable. Fucking keep your guns held back until you, you don't go in there and fucking lay your whole personality bare at the beginning. Cause then, you know, you're a fucking boring, basic bitch. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to, I, you know, no, but, no hurt to anyone that wants to be around them, but I don't want to ever be around someone that I can predict with such fluidity in such a short amount of time. But it is really cool to see, especially as a viewer, cause you're introduced to it at, at, very early on. He's yeah. cooking a great meal for himself. 
and like you, you don't even think twice about it. You're like, oh, he likes cooking cool meals. But then mm-hmm. someone else comes in. You know more about Bill than Frank does. Frank brings it up and you're like, it is kind of different that this like bearded man, this rough looking man can make such a delicate look, like mm-hmm. delicious, delectable looking meal. But anyways, back to the strawberry scene. Yeah, they get the strawberry and it's like the, 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 the happiness they got from that strawberry is like the best happiness they've had since meeting each other. Yeah. Like it's such an insanely huge moment and it kind of shows how much you take for granted in life. Yes, it does. And it's a, it's a beautiful, it is one of the best scene. Like it's such a beautiful scene, but the story keeps going. You're watching this couple become a couple. You, you're watching them go through the hardships of life. Uh, Frank eventually gets in a wheelchair, which is, it's never really specified why, which yeah. made me a little mad or whatever, but it's fine. Yeah. He they, didn't seem that old. Like, no, he didn't seem that old. Like, I mean, tops, when you meet him, he's 40, 50 tops. Yeah, I'd say 40s. Yeah. And so it's like five years later or whatever. Like, I mean, unless he has yeah. some sort of like extreme illness, but I mean, there was no explanation. So I don't know what that was. Maybe I'll listen yeah. to the podcast to find out or something. But to be fair, the amount that they packed into an hour episode was in. I know. Yeah. It really did feel like I had watched a, movie. a whole movie. Yeah. It felt like we had watched the, their entire lives unfold, exactly. like someone's entire story. Was that something I talked about with you? I don't think so. Oh. But mm. yeah, you watched like they're in like everything and it gets to the end and like you see him in the wheelchair and you just know something's up. You're like, he wouldn't do this. Why is he in the wheelchair? Why did he get it into it himself? Because you could see that he was mad the night before because he had to get taken care of. He looks at him. He's like, it's my last day. And they kind of break down and he's like, if you love me, You'll show him, like, you'll give me one good last day. And they have this great last day. And at the end, he's like, I need you to drug my wine. So he crushes up the wine or crushes up the pills, puts it in the wine, pours a glass for him, pours a glass for himself without quote unquote crushed up pills in it. He drinks the Mm -hmm. wine and then Bill drinks it. And he looks at him and he says, you put drugs in yours too, didn't you? He's like enough to kill a horse. And like that line fucking killed me. It killed me. Damn. And then they go to bed. And like, they're, oh my God, I'm getting chill. That was such a good episode. It was fantastic. And so I don't even think we're going to talk about arbitrary rules <laughs> on this episode. Either. Let's just keep talking about The Last of Us and how yeah. fucking great it is because this is the kind of shit that I want to talk about and I want our podcast to flow naturally. So, you know, let's go back to some of these other episodes that, okay. that, that have come out. Like, you don't like zombie things. You're not a fan of no. fantasy even almost in any way. And I probably would then probably extend that into like postmodern things as well, like dystopian futuristic things. But I specifically know about your disdain for zombie flicks. Yeah. And this that aren't comedy. is sort of a zombie flick. I don't f- uh, fuck zombie comedy flicks. That's retarded. No. I want to see Zombieland rip motherfuckers intestines out. That happens on Zombieland. Duh. I want to see it in a way that makes it horrifying. Not funny. It's not fucking funny. You need to watch Zombie. I'm just mm. saying. It is. No, it really is a fantastic movie. Mm. You should watch Zombieland. The only people I've known who have like hyped up Zombieland are people I don't respect. So, <laughs> you know. You respect me. So I do, but I also know your comedy style is filled with absurdity and it's not my style. You fucking There's like Will Ferrell. I love Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is one of my least favorite comedians. He's hilarious. Mm. I, I, he breaks the fourth wall for me so much that I am constantly reminded that I'm watching bullshit and that's why I can't get into it because he breaks he breaks yeah. literally all of the criteria that I define a good show by and I'm not saying he's never been anything good I like certain movies of his I think he does a great job but it's very specific for the role overall 
I don't like his style. Just not my style. Like nothing wrong with it. I just don't like that. You're not, okay. I don't like absurdist comedy. It's just not my thing. Will you at least give it a shot with me? Sure. An hour. Sure. If you hate it within the first hour, turn it off. Sure. Fair enough. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of zombie movies just because like, it just, it's, I just it's think an overdone premise. It's overdone. It's kind of a dumb premise. Like yeah. nothing really makes sense. Like they're falling apart, but they can move, like they can slowly walk, but they're all hoarded in the same, like their families. Like what's going, why? Yeah. Why are they, why are they not attacking animals? Why are they not in the woods? Why are they not trying to kill? Di- like what? I mean, I mean, that's a good part about the walking dead is that that does happen. Like they kill, they'll just eat whatever the fuck they see. Yeah, but they can run, can't they? No, they, they're falling oh. apart. Like they're deteriorating fastly. Yeah, I just you know, let's talk about World War Z real quick. I've never seen it. It's a fucking stupid movie. I, I I honestly despise it. And it's not even a bad movie, but I just despise it because zombies, like whatever the fuck they are, they like run so fast. Like it, it's just I'm not even gonna go into it. I just yeah. fucking despise that movie in a lot of ways, despite the fact that I semi like it. <laughs> but going to the the last of us, it's it is way better zombie tale. Yeah, there's because there's, there's a premise that logic. exists in reality. There is a fungus that does like fucking burrow into the brains of insects and control their entire body. Yeah. And it's there's insane to think about. Types. There's multiple types of that thing. Like there's another one that does it with crickets. And Tar- well, actually, it's not, actually it's not, yeah, it's a tarantula wasp. But yep. so, so the premise is that there are creatures that can like burrow into your brain, control your body and then make it do what you want. And the fungus that they mentioned that does it to insects is a real fungus that does it to real animals. Yeah. So it's a really cool. And then they kind of hint in with global warming. I mean, like, it's like, I think I saw a video of a goat one day, like riding on the side of the road. And it was like, they, this car is pulling up behind this goat and it's just walking. And you're like, what the fuck is this goat doing being so chill? And then they get in front of the goat and like its entire skull is open. What? It's just walking. Like it's whole, you can see its brain like molding. Like it's like, its brain is literally rotting. And you can see the whole skull opened and it's just walking still. Like it's, it's alive somehow, or, or maybe it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like a walking dead type of deal or it's some sort of, you know, parasitic fungus that's diseased the brain or it's controlling it. You know, either way, there are real fungus that mm-hmm. do this to real creatures and they present this in the very beginning. It's the first scene you see. It's in like the 1960s. Yeah. They're talking about it. Cordyceps. Who? Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Yes. Yeah. Cordyceps. And so they're talking about it and then. They're like, well, we don't need any reason to be afraid of it. Yeah, but and then, then they like, got that news host is like, so what would happen if that did become a thing? And the guy was like, well, that's it. Like, yeah. we're done. And he's talking about maybe they will evolve because of the rising temperatures. They'll need to survive in higher temperatures mm, overall, higher climates. Yeah. So it hints at global warming. Yeah, that's a great In the premise. 1960s. Like, it's, it's this cool premise. And then fast forward, you meet Joel. You're kind of going through Joel's life. You see the kid. You just... I never played the game, so I wasn't huge into the lore, but I was like, all right, I guess I know it's about a dad and a kid. So I guess this kid is the protagonist here. Yeah. And then she, you know, he goes away. She's staying at home. And like, there's small hints at like seeing news reports. Things are going on. You see helicopters fly and you're like, what's going on? And then all hell breaks loose. But it's never like really shown what's going on Mm -hmm. until you see this old lady who's like, running way too fast. She was in a wheelchair, but she can get up now. And like crazy shit, which is okay. Kind of far out there. Far out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like we that were just lady. saying. I liked that though. It was, it was It was very creepy. The way they did it was very eerie. It was like uncomfortable. And because um, you just see the way, like she's like. Yeah. And you knew her. You had met her. I mean, briefly, maybe 10 minutes, but you had met the lady in the show. 
and you knew but she like, already kind of already seemed like she was sick and diseased yeah it? when you first meet her like you knew something was up and then you see her like cracked out like a person in new york on a subway and you're like yeah. what the fuck and then you know like all hell breaks loose joel gets the kid they're trying to run away there's army everywhere they try to bolt for it to make their own way and they get stopped by this guy and he's like um he gets an order from someone and yep. you're like what's about to happen and he goes like I'm sorry, or he says something and he aims the gun at him and he shoots and you see him dive out of the way and you're like, yes, they got away. And then you see Joel get up and he's like, whatever. The soldier turns to shoot. The soldier gets shot. You're like, boom, done. Awesome. But then it goes over to his daughter, the little girl, and she's bleeding out on the ground. And you're like, oh my God, she's obviously going to live. Yeah. You're like, she's going to live, but it's crazy. Like I didn't expect her to get shot like this. Yeah. So out of field. And then immediately she set, dies. <laughs> it's like eight years later or something. Or yeah. How, yeah, how she dies. Then it fast forwards a long time, like 15 well, years. I think I it mean. fast forwards without explaining anything. So like last you see, her, or do you see her die? You just see her die. Yeah. And then it skips and it's like, what the fuck? There's no redemption to this. Like this is just sad. And it was, it was just sad. And then they explain this whole universe. You know, they're like cordyceps had evolved and they were able to take over human hosts. And there's this infected population. And there's like sects of armies that are everywhere yep. that are controlling areas like martial law almost and rationing food in a communist kind of way. And people are unsatisfied and you get a little money for very hard work and you have to do a lot of labor to live any kind of nice life. And, and then you're introduced to the fireflies who like fuck the fireflies. Yes, what a stupid What name. a dumb name. You are going against a government in a world of infected people and you name yourself after a animal that's most commonly captured in a jar. Fuck you. Fuck whoever came up with that. Yeah, that like, is why the not dumbest a badass name. animal name, but just no, they're like, they're like, <laughs> it lights the way. Fuck you. Okay. I hate you. Anyways, I'm guessing that's why they did it is because like people would use them as flashlights or whatever, but like, no, but you meet the fireflies. It's like this rogue group or whatever. But it really builds this like almost realistic sense of the mycelium. Or what, yeah. I think mycelium is just another name for mushrooms, but oh. fungi. But the cordyceps, it builds this air of reality and they're all infected. And then you, you meet the actual protagonist, Ellie. She's this little girl who is, has been bitten, but she's not infected, blah, blah, blah. And they go on this journey with Joel, Ellie. And do you remember the other girl's name? Tess. Tess. And you're like, okay, these three are the main group. Cool. Get to the second episode. They're going on this long journey. You know, it's the first time you really see the infected. Ellie's wondering about the infected, asking questions, which in turn gives you information on them. That, yeah. So you're like, awesome. Although they deny it at first because they, yeah. they don't want to scare her, I suppose. But eventually they have to. Yeah. You know, they're telling her. And then you have this scene in like a, um, what, a museum, I think where like you really see the first infected, you learn about them, they can't see, they can only hear, they make a weird clicking noise to like get around because they go off echoes, which yep. wasn't described too much, but it's whatever. But you know, every it, it looks creepy. You see that they deteriorate. They have different lifespans, as Joel said. And then a really cool part is like they involved how fungi work, which is they create this vast area Network. of communication. Hmm. Like real things do that. The largest organism quote unquote is a mushroom and it's like miles long huh but it's technically like one being wow it's just a giant mushroom here hold up 
biggest. Yeah, that that, that one kind of irritated me, like with with the Bluetooth connection for the the people, and the, I was like, how the fuck? You know, I get it, the fungus, but not every single one of those people could possibly be standing on the fungus, or else no one could ever walk anywhere. And yet, it was like someone steps on the fungus a mile away and every single infected just gets a Bluetooth ping to their fucking head. Like they're like, they're standing on concrete. Yeah. How is the fungus connected to the concrete? How do hundreds of thousands of people just suddenly be like, <gasps> the fungus is big. like that. That one just pissed me off. Cause I was like, that's retarded. And it also wasn't in the game to be fair. The largest organism is a mushroom. It's a, um, a white button mushroom and they have a relative outside that occupies 2,384 acres. What the hell? And it's one organism. And so it's 1,625 or 1,665 football fields or over four square miles. And it's one organism. So there is... You're right, like, if they're not on it, I think it was a decent way, because in the game, they have spores that transmit yeah. it, but you can't really show that in the real life, and also in real life, spores are a lot more unpredictable, like that everyone just dies. If it's in spores, it's in the air, it is everywhere, everything's dead. Yeah. So it was a cool way to kind of be like, you know, try to make it mesh with the real, real world, yeah. but I can see, like, your gripe with it. Now, I will say there was a lot of my... um mushroom or fungi growing everywhere so maybe just the ones that are standing on it yeah, yeah. can sense it but yeah i see your plot hole there but yeah. you in, get introduced to it or whatever yeah. and yeah. ellie gets bit again but like she's fine she shows she's fine nothing's progressed and then you get to they get to like this white house looking thing where they're supposed to meet up with fireflies to give ellie to to take mm. and you've been noticing tess has been acting a little weird and you're like huh you get like, I, I started thinking, I don't know if you were thinking it, but I was like, is she bit? No, I wasn't. Is that bitch bit? Is she, a, is she <laughs> infected? Like I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, what? <laughs> and then, you know, she's in there and Ellie's like, you're infected, aren't you? And she was like, yeah. And then she fucking unveils her wound and it's all gross and infected. And you're like, what? Oh, it's like right there. Oh yeah. It's on her. It's like, like right where you, bone. yeah. Right where you give a hickey. And she has it right there. And um, this is the second episode. And you're like, okay, two of my favorite people so far are dying. Yeah. First, the little girl who I thought was the protagonist. Now, Tess, who I thought was one of the protagonists. Both of them are dying. Immediately. I just grew to love them. Yep. And, (laughs) you know, like... It's this emotional thing because, like, that's Joel's best friend. Joel's lost his daughter. Joel's lost his best friend who he's looking for. That's why yep. he's trying to get a car battery. That's how he got to Ellie. Big story. It, and you're like, this poor man. And he's with this kid who, like, you could tell he doesn't necessarily want to be around. Part, it, because part, Yeah, it reminds him of his daughter partially, well, partially because it's distracting him from his main goal. Exactly. So it's like this entendre of, like... Mm-hmm. He's split in two. Neither of them want to be with her, but you know he wants to protect her. And because I, he does sort of see her as like a daughter figure, exactly. Yeah. And you see the death of Tess being like he now adopts her. Like she is now his responsibility. Yeah. Like you almost see a shift in his perspective of like 
because he also has now seen her get bitten twice and be completely fine. And so he knows that she is like actually a legitimate cure potentially That's to find true. something that can inoculate the virus or fungi or whatever. I think it's part that. And then also like now that's all he has. Now that's his daughter. Now like he's lost everyone. Yeah. And he like in the episode with Tess, he was trying to get rid of her. Like he wanted, he was okay with killing her. He yeah. was all right with it. Probably from past anger from that, his daughter. But he also didn't believe that she actually was going to yeah. heal. He didn't think she was going to heal. And then, you know, give it a few more days and he notices that the wound actually is healing and she hasn't yeah. changed. And he's, he starts to believe then. Both him and Tess get bit, mm -hmm. or her and Tess get bit at the same time, and it obviously develops in Tess a lot faster. And so you, now you're having this emotional scene where it's like Joel is there and Tess is there and she is there, and you're like, what's happening? And then, you know, Tess is like, you have to get her, you have to get her cured. It's the only way we're going to live. I can't live. I'm done for already. Mm -hmm. And you see her spill the gasoline in this building that's been left, and she grabs a, a lighter. Zippo. Was it a Zippo? Shout out Zippo. Shout out Zippo. And, you know, like, you see Joel knows what he has to do, but he hates doing it because mm -hmm. he knows he's leaving someone else behind. Yeah, but, but because Ellie is trying to get him to stay. She's like, no, we can't leave her. We can't leave her. Yeah. He's like, no, we fucking have to go Which, now. Like, what a man. He doesn't want to, but he knows, like, if he doesn't, they're both going to die. What a man. What mm -hmm. a man to be like, this is his only other person. This is his last person that he absolutely knows is alive because he is looking for another best friend, but he doesn't know that they're alive. So he's like, this is the last person I have. This, I love her. You know, we're good friends. We've, we're very serious with each other, but still we're good friends. And like now he's getting begged to stay with her and like mm -hmm. the emotional turmoil you're in, you're like, what is going on? And you see like he has to drag Ellie out of the building and Tess is sitting there and you could see him like not crying, but broken, like a mm -hmm. broken man. And then you see the infected run in the building and she doesn't blow it up at first. She, she like, can't get it lit. It well, won't light. Well, she doesn't even try lighting it at first. At the very first, she's just like waiting. She's just watching the mayhem. And then one of them hears her and she starts backing up and it goes up and she starts trying to flick it and it's not working. There's grenades on the floor. There's lighter fluid everywhere. It's, it's like this crazy, crazily beautiful, but horrible scene. Like a, just this beautifully horrific yeah, thing. It was. And it's a, a white building, like a pure building, white building Granite overrun. Floor, like yeah, but pillars. overrun with dead bodies and cracks. Like it's a beautiful thing that's been horror. Like Destroyed. something about it was amazing. The directing of this fucking mm -hmm. show is killing. I mean, it. I'm pretty sure it was like the Capitol building of Boston. It might have been. It, it was like the Capitol. Was it building. a Capitol? Okay. Yeah. But, and I'm sure. Or some sort of governmental body building in, the, in Boston. And I'm sure it's had it in the video game too. Yeah, but the it gold was, roof building. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful scene. Like mm -hmm. everything was perfect in the way everything was. And that, and that one approaches her and it like tries, it's kiss like kiss her, but it's like the, the fungus is yeah. really just like crawling out of its mouth to like try to go inside of her too. And, the, and then she gets it. Lit. And her acting, her acting mm -hmm. of pure fear was so good you like you saw her like not necessarily afraid or sad she or, knew she already had it yeah she knew she had it but it was like terror but this has to happen but like why did it have to end this way i have to do what i have to like all these emotions are running through in this these seconds and she gets yeah. it lit and then immediately goes to joel and you're like what happened and you see him running and it's not immediate they make it last like a minute in where it's him and ellie and then you just see, goes up in flames, the building. 
and you're like, fuck, man. And you see, you know, both of them kind of break. And of course, um, what's his face doesn't cry or anything, but you can tell he's distraught. And then that's really when you see him protect Ellie because they're going down the path. And he's like, I think we should cut across here. She's like, why? And he's like, I don't think you should see what's up there. She makes him go up there. They go up there and they see like people that were killed, but not because they were infected. And he relays that story to her, which is like the first time he's opening up to her. Now he's telling her about the real world. Yeah. And he's taking her on as this daughter figure and it's giving me chills. And I'm, it, it's such a good show. And then I think it ends there. If I, rem- I don't really remember the end of the second episode. Or they get to a building and they're getting supplies. Yeah, yeah. And Ellie that's wh- kills her first infected. She kills her first infected, which is like, you know, you, you see her turning into, not a monster, but like, because she had asked what it was like to kill it. And you saw her like stroking the knife on its face, cutting it open to see what was underneath. And then you see her kill it and you're like, this is a, this is a changing point in the show. And we're in the second episode. You see her kill it. She's becoming this different kind of person. She gets out. It's, you know, this, you, you feel gross. Like, you don't know how to feel. And then the third episode, immediately into the gay couple. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you totally forget about Joel and Ellie for like an 40 hour. Minutes, yeah. Yeah. Because then you only see them when they show up and find that they're both dead. Well, you do see Joel once when he's having dinner with him. Yes. Tess. Like a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. You see him there and you well, kind of get brought It was back. when they first meet Frank and Bill. Yeah. And then they also had said something about how like Frank was very nice, but Bill wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then again, third episode, you meet two characters you love taken away from you immediately. Yeah. What the fuck is with every episode? Shit? Every episode has been, they give you something, rip it away. Oh my God. Give you're it right. Some, and like, and then I've seen a lot of things about this online where it's like talking about that very final scene in that show, in that episode, the third episode where the window's left open and it, people are just like, why is that window being open so moving? Which window? The I window don't remember this open. Part. Oh, cause they left the window open so it wouldn't smell bad. And when yeah. you see Joel and Ellie leaving it, the camera is just, you know, zooming back and zooming back into the back into the, and you just see the breeze blowing the curtains and it's like it's just a fucking window but it symbolizes so much more because you know what it represents and why it's open and it's like it's the end of like what you felt like a journey but that it's only been an hour but like you've been on this journey of people's lives and like mm-hmm. you like li- you, like shared their experiences and lived with them and stuff not only them but you saw their community the community they built they you saw the house they built you saw what they were making you saw the stores that they built like you saw like their little sect of them become what it is and they worked so hard and they fought off intruders and they fought off the infected and everything and then and then it's the end it's the window it's it's left open there is no more it is it's gone with the wind like it's just man i'm gonna cry because of this (laughs) yeah it's dare i say i think it might top breaking bad for me right now Ooh, whoa it's a very different genre. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think if you gave me the first three episodes of Breaking Bad and these first three episodes, I think I might be picking this. I mean, yeah, this def- this simultaneously 
does a great job building characters and also gets straight to the point from the very fucking beginning. Breaking Bad spends probably four to six episodes just doing character development and setting the scene. Yeah. So very different type of thing. Um, but you might have a point. I don't know. I can't say yet, but I could see it becoming a competitor for me. Yeah, definitely. I would say if it continues the way that it's going, which is very hard for a show to do, because mm-hmm. are they making it one season? Are they making it four seasons? Is it yeah. going to follow? How close is it going to follow? There's a lot That's of That's the real thing. Is that is? I mean, I would assume they have the plot already built. Like they already know everything that's going to yeah. occur. And I wonder... But they could always change it. Like Supernatural was only supposed to be five seasons, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it ended up being 14. And of course it got yeah, dog that, shit at the exactly. end. Exactly. And that's why Breaking Bad remains one of the best shows is because there was a plot. They stuck to it. And then it ends. Yeah. And they, and, you know. Did we ever talk about that? I think we've talked about that on a podcast. We've talked a little bit about it, but I want to save most of it for when we do a whole episode on the show. Okay. Which will be a couple months from now. But um, if the show continues going the way it is, if every episode is as powerful as these last three have been, <sighs> yeah. each, each yeah. one has been a powerful. movie, a powerful movie in and of itself, completely different storyline per each one that all connect seamlessly. If it continues this way, I would probably say Breaking Bad is a better rewatchable series, but as a one watch through series, I think it's going to blow it out of the water. Well, why would you not want to watch this again? I would watch it again, but I don't, I think Breaking Bad is a type of show that's so detailed and layered that every time you watch it, you'll pull new things. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe this could be too. It could be. Hard to say though. But I I just see this. I would definitely watch it again, but I don't think I could watch it as many times. Because this is like really a fictional fantasy type of deal. Whereas Breaking Bad is almost more like telling real people's type of stories. Yeah. I mean, it's all, of course, fiction. I mean, yeah, but it's a way more realistic story with with motivations that people can relate to, I think, easier than being in an apocalypse. And also, I think the CGI of this show will not carry on as long as the CGI in Breaking Bad because there's not a lot of CGI in Breaking Bad. Is there any CGI in Breaking Bad? Uh, there's Gus, which was stupid. His half-burnt face. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. a... Arg- I mean, I think I've argued for the scene before, but it, like, I, I like the scene, but in the s- scope of what the show is, it was kind of a stupid scene. I agree. Because, like, come on. Everything's been pretty somewhat realistic, and now it's like this guy's walking out. He's half like in half basically and it's what I've heard people say it's like supposed to dictate how inhuman Gus is like that he is just like this fucking cold driven machine that is barely human I don't, that's what I've seen people like yeah. compare it to but I agree with you it's kind of like yeah it's, it's not realistic I mean it's not in the least everything although, else although I did we did just talk about that goat earlier that was walking with its entire brain and head rotting and missing but so, we also admitted that could be CGI as well no, not the goat. I thought you said like it could have been like some from, from Walking Dead or something. No, no, like it was like it was something from The Walking Dead. Like, it are you one hundred percent sure? One hundred percent. It was with an iPhone camera. It was like a video that someone was videoing on the road. Mm. I'll have to look into it. I yeah, know. I mean, who knows? You're right. Maybe. But, I, I don't know with how AI, AI is too good nowadays. Who knows? Everything's yeah. fake. It, none of it's real. But but yeah, I think. I think Breaking Bad has the chances of lasting longer, at least in terms of CGI, storyline, and an almost realistic air of being. Because I've watched it four times. 
full way through, and it's a great show. I don't know if I'd be able to watch this show four times through and still stay interested in that concept, but as a one or two or maybe three going through, and of course my opinion can always change, but I see it being like a really good series that you wouldn't want to watch again because it could possibly ruin how you felt. Because a lot of this show is like blind spots. The girl dying, uh, Tess dying, the couple dying. Like now you already know it's happening. Now yeah. you know it's going to end. Now, of course, I think the couple one would hit me the hardest watching it again because it's oh, still yeah. such a storyline that I th I'm sure I forget. It has the least amount of like fictional CGI elements in it. Yeah. And it's the most relatable from a human emotional perspective. Would you say that's your opinion. favorite ep episode? Yes, me definitely. Too. It was For sure. masterfully crafted. Yeah, it was. And like I said at the beginning, the execution of it all was fucking on point. Absolutely impeccable. What time does it come out? Eight? Nine, nine or something. Damn. Well, real quick, and we'll wrap this up soon. Yep. We've been talking quite a while. Uh, I do want to harp real quick on another show, mm -hmm. which I haven't watched. But talking about Breaking Bad, talking about Gus, what's his name? Better Call Saul? Nope. The guy that plays... Mike? Gus. Who plays Gus? Some Giancarlo Esposito. John Carlos Esposito. Mm -hmm. He is in a show. By the way, one of my favorite actors. I haven't seen him in many things, but everything I've seen him in, it's always the same character, kind of like this businessman y, cold hearted. You know, he's in thing. The Boys. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, and dude, he's a fucking monster. That makes me want to watch The Boys. He's a monster, dude. When, I, when he first came into it, I was like, oh my God. God, how is this man so terrifying every time I see him and he's just being calm? That's all it is. Like, you don't ever, like, there's just something about his, like, fucking deadly precision with his words and his face that makes it, like, I would, you would never fuck with him. No. He's not the man to fuck with. Like, he's got the air. Like, like of when like, he just, like, he'll be smiling and then all of a sudden his face will just drop. It's almost the, I mean, this is a terrible. He'll, like, he'll, he'll look at someone and be like, yes. You may do that, but I yeah. do not. And then it's like, ooh, shit, slit the motherfucker's throat. <laughs> it's, it's an air of emotionless. It's an mm -hmm. air of like complete, got like, he, he cares about what he cares about, mm -hmm. but if he needs to do something, it's not going to make him sad. Oh, it's yeah. not going to make him mad. Yeah. That's the scariest part. Choices. It's not going to make him mad. He's just going to do it. Exactly. And I think the face he has is a very similar face to, this is an odd correlation, but Wednesday from Wednesday. Like she has that kind of like, it's not, it's not an angry face. It's not a sad, it's a blank face. Yeah. It is an AI face. It is like, <laughs> it's like not human. It's an animal that's looking at you like it's going to devour you, but not out of hatred, not out of anger, not out of misery, not out of anything because it wants to. And that's it. It's not even happy about it. It's instinct. Like that's what it is. Exactly. It's an instinctual. I'm going to kill everyone you know. It's not going to phase me in a good way. It's not going to phase me in a bad way. Yep. I'm just going to do it because I need to. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, no. But he is. But in, yeah, we will definitely check out the boys. Though. He's in Kaleidoscope, which I wanted to touch on. Oh. that's what I wanted to touch on. Okay. Do you have your phone on you? I mean, of course. Do you it's have Netflix right on your phone? Mm, no. I don't watch TV like that. Well, that's where it is. It's on Netflix. Okay. And apparently, we'll have to make sure it's different for us, but it 
ranks the episodes in different orders yeah, per yeah, account yeah. that it's shown. Hmm. So like you're and they're all colors. So yeah, yours yeah. might I be know like it starts with the same one and ends with the same one. But yeah, white and black. Changes. Yeah. So yours might be like white, pink, blue, orange, yellow, black, and mine might be white, yellow, pink, orange, blue, whatever. But it's all it's all in a different order. Yeah. So we definitely have to watch that mm-hmm. and give feedback on it. But yeah. for right now, I am The Last of Us. I have never been more happy to watch a show since Breaking Bad. Hell yeah. It is a phenomenal show. No show has ever sucked me in. No show has made me be able to sit down and watch it without getting distracted mm. as much as that show. It is like you said about Joey taking over a room. Yeah. That show takes over a house. Mm-hmm. It does. It takes all the energy. It definitely does. All right. Anything else to add? <sighs> um, don't make your cat do the cocaine. That's a pretty arbitrary rule, though, dude. <laughs> and now we're going into every arbitrary rule. And all the stupid laws. But no, we, I will do it next week. Yeah, we'll come back to it. We're trying to go a lot more free flow with it. Yeah. Um, I think Which we mentioned it works that. works better. So we were supposed to do it today. We almost got to it. Yeah, we almost did. And then I talked about a comedian. You know, all this started from a gay comedian. <laughs> the, <laughs> this entire episode came yeah, from a gay comedian. you're right. That's what society needs more of. Normalizing real people. Not this propaganda bullshit. And that's why The Last of Us is so dope. So dope. Go watch it. I'm probably going to watch it. I'm going to be honest. I probably will too. Oh, I did watch WWE last night. Anyways. Pathetic. All right. Peace. Peace.